Okay. Well, let's look at the life of Jesus uh, in me. Okay. Oh, because Jesus is where? Well, I can't see him. Well, we got a picture. What we say, this is what Jesus looks like, you know, but that's just some writer. A painter did that. And, uh, but we really can't see Jesus. We know he was actually here. Our calendars are dated by what happened sometime during that time. His life, his death, his resurrection. It so impacted this world. But anyway, uh, but the life of Jesus is supposed to be, you know, uh, affecting you and I, and it actually is. So let's go to, we're going to start here at John chapter 4, and let's start going through this. In John chapter 4, this is actually historic, and uh, this took place, and so let's watch and see what happens, and we'll take it from here. Uh, uh, John chapter 4, verse 1. When the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard about the greater crowds coming to him, Though then to John to be baptized to become his disciple and to become his disciples, though Jesus himself didn't baptize, but his disciples did. In other words, John the Baptist had a group of had people baptizing. Jesus has people baptizing. And then some people were like, "Uh oh, there's going to be a war here." And there was never a war. John said, "I must decrease and he must increase." You know, no problem. Now watch what happens. He left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Now, it's something interesting about Samaria. Remember the story about the good Samaritan? It wasn't just because he was a good Lacey Springs person or a good Arab person or a good Huntsville person. You were not supposed to go to Lacey Springs. <laughs> you were not supposed to go to Arab. You were not supposed to go to this place. The people there are, you just, they're the riffraff of the world. You do not mess with these people. So he had to go through a place where <clears throat> you could say there was a racial divide. And around noon, as he approached the city of Sychar, just, I mean, that could be whatever. <clears throat> it could be Selma, Alabama. He came to Jacob's well, located on the parcel of ground Jacob gave to his son Joseph. John was tired, excuse me, Jesus was tired from the long walk in the hot sun and sat wearily beside the well. Soon a Samaritan woman, now remember that's important, that's, this is a racial thing, you just do not deal with these type of people. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus asked her for a drink. He was alone at the time, and his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, here it is, that a Jew would ask a despised Samaritan for anything. Usually, they wouldn't even speak to them. And she remarked about this to Jesus. I'm going to stop here just a moment. Yesterday, I was traveling, and I passed an ambulance. And the ambulance was called uh, the Samaritan. It's down in Arab, Alabama. It's their EMS program, uh, emergency management system. But it's called the Samaritan. Now, why would they do that? This story right here, along with the Good Samaritan. You know, everybody else passed on the other side of the road. But what did the Good Samaritan do? He bound that guy's wounds up. He put him on his donkey, sent him to the inn and said, hey, take care of this guy. He gave some money and says, if that's not enough, when I come back, I will pay the rest of it. And Jesus told that story and said, which of these guys was friend to this guy? Well, the one that was a friend was the one that helped him. But anyway, that's why there's a divide right here. A despised Samaritan? Not to mention she's a woman. I mean, the men just thought women were just like cattle, okay, in these days. So here's what happens. So uh, she said for any, excuse me, the woman was surprised that a Jew would ask a despised Samaritan for anything. Usually they wouldn't even speak to them. And she remarked about this to Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm, this is just jumping off the page at me right now. You and I, as shall we say, Christians and how, for however long in our life, I've been a Christian for however long, whatever. We will treat ourselves like this 
to God. We will thank God. Why will you do this to me? Why would you even speak to me? Why would you even answer my prayers? Listen, we're talking about Jesus. And you have the life of Jesus. He stops everything for you. Don't you know Jesus knew this woman needed his help? Remember the Bible says he leaves the 99, goes after the one? This is such a fantastic story. So she says, why would you even speak to me? She's cutting to the chase here. You know. Verse 10. And you might want to add here that she probably realized, well, it, it's probably not because I'm so attractive. You know what I mean? Because then she would have said, well, it's, I'm just, I've got it, some don't, you know. So you might as well go ahead and sur- surmise that, hey, she probably was not one of those that is an attractive woman, shall we say. Because she would have said, she wouldn't even said this. She would have said, well, I know why you're here. <laughs> you like me, don't you? Uh-uh. So she probably didn't look very good at all as far as appealing. Wow. He replied, if you only knew. I'm going to tell you something, saints. This is so important. Your Bible reading is critical. Don't wait for me to say it. Don't wait for somebody else to find it in the Bible. You read it. Jesus has said over and over and over again. One time he just, I mean, he really took back the, the, uh, the pressure that was put on him when they were saying, well, we know. The, the, the Sadducees came to Jesus and they were, trying to, they were trying to ridicule Jesus in front of all the crowds, but Jesus had to answer. And when the Sadducees said, well, there's no such thing as a resurrection, we're going to tell you a little story, Jesus. There's a man that had seven brothers and he married his wife and he died. And the Bible says that his brother is supposed to now marry uh, his sister-in-law and raise up children. And then all of a sudden that man died. And so the next brother marries her, the next brother marries her, the next brother marries her. All of these Sadducees were so, just so arrogant. So ha-ha, in their resurrection, whose wife will she be? Jesus said this, most powerful things you'll ever hear. He said, you do err not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. Well, it's not my business to know the Scriptures. That's for the preacher. No. And he said, have you not read? He said, God said, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He didn't say, I'm the God of the dead. I'm the God of the living. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're gone. Well, not according to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is what he was quoting when Moses was talking at that burning bush. Remember that story? But see, sometimes we're short-sighted. We think that when you draw that last breath and you die, it's over with. Nope. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. You know, praise the Lord. This body is just a house. You know, we're in this kingdom right now. We're in this world right now. But one day we'll step out of it. But anyway, he said, if you only knew to this woman what a wonderful gift God has for you, it must be God's will. Just a special day. Heaven was opened and right now only this woman. No, 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 no. Only everybody. Everybody. This belongs to all of us. This wonderful gift God has for you. And who I am, uh, you would ask me for some, look at this, living water. Now we can trip up over this and just say living water. Oh yeah, I've got that and I'm done with it. Nah, living water is constant. It's constant. You got to have a drink every day. And it's not like just to keep me going. It's to keep, like what we were talking about, the black widows from getting you, the rattlesnakes from getting you, all these those real testimonies we were given just a moment ago. All the troubles in this life. We got troubles down here. But Jesus said, don't worry. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what this living water is all about. Uh, so watch what happens here. 
She says, but you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this is a very deep well. Where would you get this living water? And besides, are you greater than our ancestor Jacob? Remember, she did not know who he was. How can you offer better water than this, which, he has, which his sons and cattle enjoyed? Jesus replied that uh, people will soon become thirsty again after drinking this water. Now, I hope you see what's happening here. Jesus will not just heal you one time. He will not just protect you one time. He will protect you all your life if you will just ask for his help. Treat him like Revelation 3.20, like this picture over here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. This was written to the church of the Laodiceans. Well, the Philadelphians, one of the seven churches, and you're supposed to read it. You know, you know. Blessed is he that readeth. Remember that? Well, then it was written to you. So Jesus is standing there knocking, and he says, if you will open the door. Now, this is not to non-Christians. This is to church people. I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. That's at my house. Well, Richard, you're such a great Christian. Yes, I am, but I have troubles every day. And I've got to quit locking Jesus out. I've got to say, Jesus, I've got to have your help. I don't want to choose him last to help me. I want to think, you know, praise God, what am I wasting my time for? I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus, help me. I'm going to say, God, get me out of trouble. I'm going to do like James 5. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Hello. I mean, would you not call 911 if you needed the police? Of course you would. You grab that cell phone, you're reaching for it, whatever. 911, it's the same thing. Call on the Lord. So here's what he says. He replied, Jesus replied, soon people, that people soon become thirsty again after drinking this water. But the water I give them becomes a perpetual spring within them, watering them forever with eternal life. Oh, I, I can go to sleep now. I know what eternal life is. Ah, eh, you may think you know what eternal life is, especially if your definition is just narrow. Eternal life meaning it's a time frame. He's not talking about time here. He said it was a perpetual spring within them, watering them. Not only that, he mentioned thirsty. It had nothing to do with going to heaven and hell. We got that covered. I'm not going to hell. Jesus has got me saved from that. I believe in him. Remember, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Well, I believe that he's Jesus that's going to rescue you and I from our sins. So watch what happens. Please, sir, the woman said, give me some of that water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to take this long trip out here every day. Jesus said, go get your husband. Jesus told her. Uh, but I'm not married, the woman replied. Jesus said, all too true. Jesus said, for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. End of story. You're going to hell. I'm not talking to you no more. You know, that's the way church people think. And that may be the way you think. If you found yourself in any of these parts right here, man, I've been divorced. Uh-oh. Well, guess what? You know, you may say, well, it's okay if you get divorced one time, but twice, man, you're, you're, you're doomed now. Well, let's stay with the story. And remember, we're talking about Jesus here. And remember, Jesus already said, if you knew the gift of God that was for you, for a woman that's been married over five times, and now she's living with some guy? Oh, come on, Jesus. Jesus, don't you know that we have rules about this? Let me tell you something. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. But you can draw the line on your specific little problem you think you've got in your life. And guess what? You will pour out your living water on the ground. And it's for you. These things belong to you. So watch this. She said, I'm not married, the woman said. All too true. Jesus knew. For you have had five husbands. Whoa. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. Oh, look at verse 19. Boy, she puts on her, uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. So I'm going to just hide behind a little religious stuff here. 
and get this guy to leave me alone. Uh, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. But say, uh, she's trying to change the subject. Tell me, why is it that you Jews, now she goes back to that racial thing, insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans, we Samaritans claim that here on Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship. In other words, you, y'all have it over there in Jerusalem, and we're the outcasts, but we're doing just fine over here in our place. Jesus replied, the time is coming, ma'am, when we will no longer be concerned about whether to worship the Father here or in Jerusalem. Did you notice we didn't go to Jerusalem today? We're in Alabama. We'd be toast if we had to go to Jerusalem. Oh, man. Get out our mats and face Mecca. Well, we know people that have to do that, but we don't do that. For it's not where we worship that counts, but how we worship. Is our worship spiritual and real? Do we have this Holy Spirit's help? For God is the Spirit, and we must have His help to worship as we should. Now, the way you worship as you should, don't make this hard. It's just Jesus. Remember the book of Colossians? You have it all. We get to thinking, well, I guess it's because I didn't take my shoes off. I mean, that church of Richards, boy, they take their shoes off, and they light candles, and, and they do this, and, and then sometimes I don't feel It's got nothing to do with those rules. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. Watch the rest of the story. It's just, do you believe in Jesus or not? Do you believe that he will help you? Let me help you right now. Every one of us in this room, you probably got something that you're worried about today. Would you please let Jesus be that living water and fix it for you? Now, don't be religious about it and go, well, Lord, I guess I need to ask that you'll watch over me today. No, ask him to fix whatever you think needs to be fixed. Put it this way. What do you think needs to happen for you not to be worrying about it right now? Well, I really need two of these. Well, then ask him for two of those. Or if you're hurting, whatever, and it's just your back is hurting, your neck's hurting, or whatever, or just you might just be worried about something that's two months away. Well, ask the Lord to be this living water for you. He already gave it to you. Help me deal with this thing or get it fixed. So anyway, watch this. Uh, let's see, verse 24. But you Samaritans, Samaritans know so little about him, worshiping blindly. Now, he was right when he said this. For we, we Jews know all about him. For salvation to the world comes through the Jews. The woman said, well, at least we know the, when the Messiah will come. Now, the reason he said that is because the Messiah was coming from, the, from Abraham. Okay. So she says, well, I know when the Messiah comes, the one they call Christ, when he does come, he will explain everything to us. Look what he says. I'm that guy. Now, would you think this guy is supposed to be talking with someone who's been married five times and is now living with somebody that's not her husband? According to the Bible, it is. And I want you to know something. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Watch this. Just then his disciples arrived. They were surprised to see him talking to a woman. Jesus, you're messing up our church. What are you doing? Oh, no, he wasn't. This was what the church was all about. We all have got to have Jesus. We all have to have his help. So anyway, watch this. They were surprised to see him talking to the woman. But none of them asked him why or what they've been discussing. Then the woman, this is so important, or why would you even mention it? Just say she left. What'd she do? She left her water pot. Now, what, why'd she do that? Well, what did Jesus ask her when he first saw her? He didn't say, hey, what's your name? Uh-uh. He said, uh, can you give me a drink? See, he had asked her for a drink. You know. So what did she do at this point? She left her water pot. (laughs) 
The only reason she was there was to go get some water. Now something has happened. Some people go, oh, she met Jesus. Oh, her life was changed. And Oh, uh-uh. It was more than that. It was deeper than that. She left that water pot because Jesus wanted some water. Watch what this woman does. Wouldn't you be a little bit irritated? How did he know I had five husbands? How did he know I'm living with that guy? God, the nerve of Jesus. Anyway, so what she do? She left the water pot and went back to the village and told everyone. Look what she told them. Come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Can this be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Believe me, if she told me, I ain't got time for this. I got work to do. There must have been something else she found out. Remember Jesus said, I'll give you living water, you know, and this living water will be perpetual. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus to eat. And he said, no, I have uh, food you don't know about. Let's see. Hang on. Pass it a little bit. Watch this. Still in John chapter, uh, uh, John chapter 4. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. In other words, God will take care of you. He really will. All the time. Uh, do you think the work of harvesting uh, will ever, no, will not end until the summer ends? Oh, <clears throat> four months from now? Look around you. The vast fields of human souls are ripening all around us and ready now for reaping. The reapers will be paid good wages as you will be and will be gathering eternal souls into the granaries of heaven. What joys await the sower and the reaper both together? How many times have we heard that, you know, well, you work for Jesus, you're going to be the saddest people on this earth. I don't think so. Jesus made this woman very glad. She couldn't stand it. She had to go tell everybody, uh, I think I just met the Messiah. Why don't you guys come out? Now watch what happens. So apparently... How her life was whoops, was so touched uh, by Jesus that, uh, slow down, let me catch it. It jumps, doesn't it, when I get right here. Okay, here we go. Verse 39. Many from the Samaritan village believed that he was the Messiah because of the woman's report. Well, how much did she know? Remember, he said, come see a man that told me everything I ever did. <laughs> Oh, and he must have really condemned you. Oh, why don't you invite the whole town out? We got thieves and crooks and let Jesus go, yeah. You don't even deserve the kingdom of God. You're definitely not going. What'd you come out here for? Is that the way you treated that woman? No. He offered her a key to the kingdom of God. He said, here's the limousine, darling. You can go drive it around. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. We have it backwards. We think, well, when I come good enough. I can get something from heaven, you know. No, you're wrong. It'll never happen that way. Because all the credit will go to you trying to act like how good you are. Hey, Jesus, I earned it now. I've went a whole week and didn't slip up and, and say a cuss word or whatever. You live that way, your, your prayer life will be based that way. And you're, guess what? You're gonna, not going to get anything. And you'll be the most condemned person all your life, too, because you'll think it's all about heaven doesn't, is, not, is not excited about you. God thinks you've got to get it up a notch. You don't need to get it up a notch. Jesus got you up the whole notch. All right, verse 39. So the whole village, uh, many of the village people, the Samaritans, believed he was the Messiah because of the woman's report. He told me everything I ever did. When they came to see him at the well, they begged him to stay at their village. Oh, great. We need more condemnation. Well, obviously, it wasn't condemnation, was it? Watch what happened. 
And he did for two days, long enough that many of them believed in him after hearing him. Then they said to the woman, now we believe we have heard him ourselves and not just because of what uh, you told us. He indeed is the Savior of the world. Now let me tell you something about this word Savior here and about what these people were seeing. Now we're going to look at it in the book of Matthew chapter, uh, <clears throat> chapter 15. Now you got to remember multitudes were coming out here. And they're not out of their mind. I mean, some people are like, oh, yeah, back then, oh, everybody was just real religious. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Same as it is today. Same as it is today. Hold on one second. Look like my little mouse here is about to give up some battery here. Here we go. Matthew 15. And, uh, let me hit it. Hello. Let me get a little closer. Might have to do this this morning. Here we go. Matthew 15. A little bit out of range. Okay. Watch this. Matthew 15. Let's scroll down here to... Okay, there's a woman here in Matthew 15. Her daughter was demon-possessed, and she gets healed. Okay, now, verse 28, woman, he said her, he told her, your faith is large and your request is granted, and her daughter was healed right then. Now, watch what happens next. Matthew 15 here. Look at verse 29. Now, Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee and climbed a hill and sat there. And a vast crowd brought to him their lame, blind, maimed, and those who couldn't speak, and many others, and laid them before Jesus. Now, I want to tell you one time, some people brought a bunch of children to Jesus. What did the disciples do? Did they go, oh, yippee, kids? No, they said, Jesus didn't have time for these kids. Jesus was extremely mad at that. He said, do not forbid the children to come. Some people here, and you can read this for yourself in the earlier parts of the book of Matthew, they were, well, matter of fact, Matthew chapter 8, they were mad people were getting healed. Okay? And, uh, you can let yourself get mad too, thinking that, well, I heard that it's not all about physical stuff. Let me tell you it is. Why would Jesus talk about living water? Why don't you just say this spiritual stuff? It's spiritual. Quit worrying about your flesh. It's, listen, if you are hurt, if you, you ever burned your finger? Man, if you burn your finger like you're cooking, like I know Dustin and Melody were cooking on the grill, you burn your finger, <laughs> face up to it. That thing's going to bother you for the next several days. A burn is a burn. It hurts, you know. You need to get some help. You'll put something on it, try to keep it from hurting, whatever. Look, these people were hurting. And we're going to have some troubles too, but we always have help. Jesus returned from the Sea of Galilee, climbed up a hill and sat there, and a vast crowd brought unto him their lame, their blind, their maimed, and those who couldn't speak, and many others, and laid them before Jesus. And he healed... <coughs> excuse me, I thought I saw... He healed them all. Excuse me, couldn't have been right. And he... He did heal them all. I didn't know that was in the Bible. Well, of course I know because I read it. But, you know, that's the way some people are. They don't realize. Well, that was just back then. Well, then why is it still in your Bible? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Besides that, James 5 says, Is any sick among you? Let him call. Okay. Verse 31. Watch this. What a spectacle it was. Those who hadn't been able to say a word were talking excitedly. And those with, oh my gosh, missing limbs and arms, arms and legs, had new ones. The crippled were walking around and jumping around. And those who had been blind were gazing about them. The crowds just marveled and praised the God of Israel. Now this is one thing we need to get a hold of. Because in the Old Testament, this is what God was trying to get them to realize. The Israelites kept running after other idols. 
Because they thought, well, the Amorites, they're doing this, and it caused them to have good crops. You know. And they didn't realize if they would just worship the God of Israel, they would have good crops. The Amorites' little idol stuff was not going to do it. I mean, God would be comparing himself the whole time. He says, why don't you just ask me? I'll fix your crops for you. And here I am over in Alabama in 2013, and I'm going, hmm, God would fix those crops over there. Well, I'm not after the God of the Amorites. I'm after the God of Israel. And I'm like, Lord, are you serious about blessing some stuff? I need a little help at work because I only got about six more months worth of work. And I don't want to have to switch companies and work another contract. Guess what? Working for me. My contract has come and go, come and go, come and go, and it's been extended every time. That's just the work I'm doing now the last four or five years. Prior to that, I've been working for the government uh, since 1987. Well, no, no, 1985. And it's always, 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 always. And I don't give credit to me being lucky. Are you kidding me? The book of Psalms says that David said one time, he said, I've been young. And I've been old. <laughs> Guess what? I have been young. <laughs> and now jo- Josh told me just the other day, he said his bosses are a couple of old men. He said, they're your age. <laughs> and I thought, I'm 53. I'm not an old man. <laughs> That's what Josh said. <laughs> I said, well, I'm an old man. But anyway, I've been young and old, David said, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. And guess what? I've never been one of those guys down there at the overpass down there with a cardboard box. And I have given money to people with cardboard signs and stuff, but not me. I mean, Brittany has too, she told me. But not us. Well, we just got lucky. I'm not lucky. This is the life of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So anyway, um, uh, that's what was going on there. Now I want to show you something here. Ah, look for my mouse here. We'll go one last place here. Let's look at the 17th chapter and watch what happens here. Matthew chapter 17. And... Uh, Oh, I'm there so fast right here. I'm going to switch to the King James just a moment. Okay. Matthew chapter 17. Oh, my goodness. He's always healing people, isn't he? Watch this. This is fantastic. Oh, close this right here. After six days, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John. They hop in the car or whatever. I mean, it could be the same thing. Of course, they walk, but whatever. And he brings them up to a high mountain. Okay. Oh, they went somewhere. Excuse me. I want to go down to the verse. Verse 24. And when they were coming to Capernaum, okay, they went to, they, you know, they went to some town, New Hope, whatever. They that received the tri- tribute money came to Peter and said, does not your master pay tribute? Now, we need to switch this. What is that? Tri- somebody died? No, it's tax money. Okay, that's what that was. Verse 24. He said, doesn't, your, doesn't Jesus pay bills? Watch this. Okay, on their arrival... In Capernaum, the temple tax collectors came to Peter and asked, Doesn't your master pay taxes? See, yeah, all this Jesus stuff. And you've probably heard this, probably felt it before too in your life. Yeah, Jesus has saved me and, and Jesus has done all this, you know, but then now when it comes to the bills, Jesus is helpless. Oh, he's helpless, is he? He's only helpless because we believe he's helpless where our finances is, is concerned. And you never need to believe that. You need to believe what's going to happen here. Now remember, you need to be jealous of what happens to Peter and say, Lord, I want that. Because it's written, otherwise I don't even want to hear this story. It has nothing to do with believing that Jesus is, oh my gosh, he's the son of God. Oh, I've already arrived there. But I am extremely jealous if I can't have what Peter has. But we do. And he's going to actually say the word children and he's going to include us all. Watch this. So anyway, these tax collectors said, well, I don't know if your master, does he pay or not? Look what Jesus said. I mean, Peter, of course he does. 
Now, Peter could have been, you know, he could have said, you know, I know you caught us. You know, Jesus, well, I could do this this morning. I'm not because we're so fine. But I could say, you know what? Let me be honest with you right now. I'm having financial trouble here at this church. And if everybody don't give an offering right now, <laughs> this church is going to go under. And your dear brother Adair is going to have to pack up. The phone bill's too high, you know. We can't take the drama team anywhere, you know. Oh, you guys, look, we got to help hold Jesus out right now. How many times have you ever heard that one before? There's the offering plate over there. We're going to have Brother Phil pass the offering. Are you kidding me? I would never do that because it's the same Jesus that's going to take me to heaven who I've never seen before, but I believe Him. Is the same Jesus going to keep me from rattlesnakes just like Phil and Mel? The same Jesus is going to affect this pocketbook right here. He really will. It's the most amazing thing in the world. Brother Phil was telling one of his friends the other day, they said, Brother Phil, you, I mean, he said, Phil, you always got money. And Phil says, I'll tell you a little secret. And when he told them what he did, they were like, well, I don't believe it. Well, that's where the problem lies. People don't believe it, but it's true. So anyway, they say, well, don't he pay taxes? Peter says, yes, he does. Now watch this. When he went into the house to talk to Jesus about it, but before he had a chance to speak, I'm telling you, Jesus is so far ahead of us. If he's God, he knows these things. Well, this is who God is. God already knew that that happened. Before Peter could say it out of his mouth, watch what happens. Uh, Peter, what do you think? Do kings levy assessments, that means taxes, against their own people, that means your kids, or against the conquered foreigners? He says, well, that's a no-brainer. Against foreigners, Peter replied. Well, then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them, so go down to the shore and throw in a line and open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a coin to cover the taxes for both of us. Take it. Let me scroll up. Where's my mouth? Take it. Oh. Oh. Look at this. He says, take it and pay them. Now, pay what? It was your taxes and mine. What are you going to do with that? There must be something spiritual here. Oh, I can hear it. I think the Lord's saying, He didn't mean taxes. He meant that if I give my life to Christ, then, uh, yeah, that's it. If I give my life to Christ, Jesus is actually those taxes. He was on the cross, and that's what this story is all about. No, it's not. You're missing it. You're missing it. It's the woman at the well. It's eternal life. Whatever your problem is, it's, I'm missing an arm. I'm missing a leg. All these people, just moments ago in the 15th chapter, the whole place was filled with joy because Jesus healed them all. You can be long-faced if you want to the rest of this week and the rest of this afternoon, but you can be full of joy if you'll just recognize that, you know, hey, I'm going to ask Jesus to help me today. i got a big one. You don't have to tell me. You just need to tell Jesus. Jesus, get me out of trouble. Even if you created the problem yourself, it doesn't matter. Half the things we get into, we created ourselves, but Jesus will get you out of the trouble. He really will. But anyway, uh, I want to put this in the King James just a moment because I want to uh, show you something else, and then we'll stop. Watch this. He, the Living Bible says citizens here, but I want you to see in the King James Version, look down here at verse uh, 24. Oh, both of these are correct, but this is another way to look at it, which is really fantastic. Uh, <clears throat> look at this. He says, what do you think, Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth uh, take custom or tribute? Of their own children or strangers? Peter said of strangers. Look at this. Then are the children free. I'm a child of God. You are too this morning. You and I are free. Guess what? Your bills are free too. What did Jesus say do? He said, go down to the river. 
or water, cast a hook in, and out of the mouth of the first fish. Notice he didn't say it's going to take you a long time, and I sure hope that fish comes up. No, it's all going to be taken care of. Philippians 4, verse 19, he says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes we're healed. If we're not feeling good, you'll fix that. Hallelujah. That's not a problem. You don't want us to be hurting. You need us to tell others, freely receive, freely give. We've got to help others find out about healing. Same thing's true financially. You don't want us struggling about uh, a little shorting, a short problem we may have this week or whatever financially. We're, we're trying to tell others about Jesus. So, Lord, help us out. We know you will. And, Lord, if there's anything I didn't even mention or whatever, just some sort of problem that anybody might be facing, we know to call upon the name of the Lord. And so shall we be saved from our enemies. Just help us all. Now, Lord, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others about Jesus. Just flat out tell them what great things you've done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.